You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, where you're going to hear a valuable hunting-based conversation that's tailored for us Southern folk. If you love what we do and would like to support Southern Ground Hunting, you can visit Patreon.com forward slash Southern Ground Hunting, or you can click on the link in the show notes below. We'd love for you to join the Southern Ground Hunting community today. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash Southern Ground Hunting. You can also support us by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps more than you know, and we greatly appreciate it. And now, let's get to the show. All right, guys, welcome back to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. This is a big day. This is a This is a big episode because... From this point forward, like after this episode drops, literally it's deer season for for some of us. Um, it's already deer season in Florida, uh, a lot of places in Florida, and then in like South Carolina, I think. But we got the Tennessee Velvet Hunt coming up this weekend. So I'm like, for whatever reason, the, the episode that, that drops right before the first hunt to me is like, it just feels like it's got to be a good one. Like, we've got to do something good. We've got to do something awesome. So we reached out to the perfect candidate for uh, the kickoff of deer season, and that's Josh Ilderton from The Untamed Dude. How's it going, Josh? Doing great, man. I, I feel special to kick off deer season with you <laughs> Well, you know, Josh, you, you, you so fit the bill. We were just talking about this. You fit the bill of, like, a southern – like a just a southern redneck with a bow, and you get it done all the time. You you don't seem like you try to put on a show. You're just like we're gonna do it the way that I've always done it, and I love it. And and you and you make it happen. 
and you do things that really are kind of outside the box and they, they really get my mind working. Even if I'm not trying to go out and do something specific like what we're talking about with ground hunting, just your overall grit that you've got um, on every every time I've heard you on a podcast or seen you on a video, it's really, really cool. It's really fun to watch. So welcome to Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. We're, uh, we're super excited to have you. Yeah, man, I'm I'm stoked to do it. I, I hadn't podcasted in a while. I was, we were just talking that I had this surprise that I was, I wasn't surprised, but I didn't know there was miscommunication in the past on getting on. So I'm <laughs> I'm stoked. I I have been for three weeks when you when we talked three weeks ago. So fantastic. I love talking deer deer, deer hunting and all things outdoors. So I I want to I want to kind of shift over here to um, to Drew. Because Drew is kind of fanboying pretty hard right now for some Josh Hilderton. and uh, Yes, I am. I'm not even going to exaggerate about it. I don't fanboy often. In fact, this is the first time I think I've ever done it on, on our podcast. <laughs> and that's okay. That's all right. I mean, just, just because I have a picture, uh, like a poster of Josh in my bedroom doesn't mean anything at all. Okay. We'll just look past that. We'll look past that. Okay. Uh, And you know, you didn't tell him about your Josh Hilderton shrine that you had in the basement. Um, No, no, we're we're, we're not going to pan to that. (laughs) You can blow out the candles after this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love. It's going to be a good one, fellas. It's going to be a good one. So, Drew, what was the thing? What 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 is it about Josh? for you that like that you're just like man this guy is awesome well one it's his um just like you said earlier parker hit his grit want to get it done and josh i love how like jacked up you get whenever oh, you shoot yeah. one absolutely like i mean it is it's it's that feeling that all of us get you know what i'm saying and then and uh that's that's what i like it that and and you know you're just you're just real and and so that's what drew me to watching your videos um that and then i mean you you consistently get it done on on good bucks you know um and so uh man i'm i'm just i'm i'm excited to talk to you i i know you know reeves 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 ain't much of a ground hunter josh he, reeves, won't step reeves, reeves, a, reeves a tree stand junkie reeves, let me tell you yeah <laughs> reeves, reeves stand junkie he's gonna be up there in the pine tree he's 40 40 feet swaying you know yeah just <laughs> uh, hanging like a monkey hey <laughs> hey <laughs> Matt, if that if that's how you get it done, by guy, keep doing what you're doing. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of like Drew said. I saw y'all's videos. I guess when y'all first started coming out, and I saw these guys running down uh, gravel roads in ghillie suits like wild men chasing deer, and I'm like, is this is this how you deer hunting in West Virginia? You know, in in the reclaimed coal mines and all that stuff. And it just really intrigued me that. Hey, there, that's a possibility that I can hunt deer kind of like I'd hunt turkeys. And it was just, it was pretty cool to watch y'all. I think it was one y'all had glassed up a buck or something and kind of cut him off and saw multiple bucks in the hunt and just, a, just amazed me. And um, I've, I've kind of started dabbling in ground hunting a little bit just because of some of the areas I walk up into. So really excited to, you know, hopefully learn something as well as ask you a few questions uh, through this episode. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, uh, there's all types of different ground hunting, you know, a lot of people when I'm ground hunting, they'll talk about it, but you know, I'm ambushing as much as I am actually spotting stalking. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it just depends uh, on the situation. <laughs> if, if, I, if I'm going to try to ambush one or if I'm going to actually try to spot and stalk him and go after him, you know, head on. Uh, it, it's two different two different strategies. Uh, and both, you know, you, you, you're going to fail a whole lot. Right. But, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I feel like you have the mentality that, hey, if I bust one, there's another one. Um, it's kind of one of those, you know, scenarios. Yeah, you, you can't um, – I think ground hunting, the biggest thing is 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 knowing going in. That, now, you might – by God, you might go out Monday and or, or Saturday morning, your first time ever ground hunting, you might kill a – you know, a hundred inch deer or 200 inch deer. Mm-hmm. And well, that ain't going to happen every time you go out. I don't, if it's a spike, it's hard to kill on the ground. Um, I would, I would think that my success rate's 80 or 85%, maybe. Uh, no, no, not my failure rate. <laughs> yeah. Success rate. I was hey, about I to wish, say, I wish, gummit, man. I, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it. <laughs> I wish it was that high. <laughs> my success rate, you know, is eighty-five percent. So it's struggling pretty hard. It's like, uh, yeah, my goodness. That's, that, that's my that's my fun rate. <laughs> Josh, what you were you were talking about the two different approaches, um, and so when whenever you spot one and you decide, man, that's the that's the one. Um, do you do you read the deer's body language? Do you read where where they're at, or do you kind of guess where they're going to? Which what makes you decide to use which which tactic there? If that makes sense. Uh, well, one the wind, mm-hmm. um, and then two the what the deer is talking to me about, um, what he's telling me, um, whether he's just out there feeding it, it you know, depending on if it's early season you know, rut or late season, you know, if he's just out there feeding. Uh, but if he looks like he's getting into the woods in the early season, you know, I might not go after him. I might just be getting information out there glassing. I think I think just sitting back and glassing on the ground is just as, as important as a stalk might be in two weeks from now. Uh, just learning what these deer are doing. Now, if a, if a deer bed's down, um, then, yeah, I'm, I'm going to come up with a game plan pretty fast and get after you know whether it's going head on directly at him or 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 swinging downwind or if the deer's moving you know and i'm looking i'm looking at the map saying hey he's going this way or i think he's going to go this way you know it's a it's a gamble um but a lot of the times he ends up there and you know he might not get a shot he might be at 80 yards instead of 40 but you know, I, it's all about what the deer is telling me, you know, that he's going to allow me to do. Uh, and then if the wind's right, if the wind ain't right, you know, I just don't do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just sit back and glass. If, if the wind's wrong, then I'll just, I'll just glass. So, Josh, kind of going on that same note with these two different styles, I guess what I was picturing when you said ambush I figured you're you're basically hunting them the way that we would hunt or other people would hunt in a fixed position, right? Like in not not like an elevated spot necessarily. You're going and brushing yourself in in a blind because you think a deer is going to be coming right right through here. 
Or are you saying no, like, like you're putting eyes no, on it? No, no. Yeah, no, I, I'm not brushing myself in. I'm just, I'm, this is all in the heat of the moment. Okay. If I, yeah. if I, if I think the beer is going out there, then I'm, I'm just sprinting my big ass around through there and trying to get in front of yeah. him. See, I, all, I'm, I, all, all I'm doing is trying to hug up against a tree to just give me a little cover to see if he comes through there. I, I see. see what I see is I, I think of turkey hunting because when you know where a turkey's headed, so he, you, you, you've studied these deer enough that you know kind of that where they're moving, what valleys they're using and whatnot. So you're just hit, you're going to basically try to head them off as quick as you can. Like we do turkeys down here. Yes. Okay. So yes. Par- parallel that Josh kind of with turkey hunting, like your style of hunting, do you compare it very much to, how we kind of run and gun turkey hunting is that it's very similar yeah it, it's the it's the same way that we run and gun up here yeah. uh just the terrain different yeah. i mean the terrain's easier down south but the train i've hunted uh but the birds are harder to hunt yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm particularly talking about like 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 deer hunting you're the style of your deer hunting versus the style of your turkey hunting because that's kind of what i'm picturing i think that's what maybe matt was saying it's 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 almost the same yeah on on the on the ambush ambush style hunting i mean that's what i'm doing is trying to figure out where that turkey or where that deer is going and i'm trying to get ahead of him and and have him come through without him knowing i'm there what are the what are the things that you see that obviously you like doing it this way maybe it's more rewarding or are you doing the have you just kind of dedicated yourself to this ground tactic because you see a a, a bigger advantage there no i i like ground hunt myself i mean but i saddle hunt too uh, yeah. i mean i'm I, if i get in a tree i mean i'm a hundred percent saddle hunter now i mean i'm not that die hard uh checking every ounce in my backpack <laughs> You know, I, I'm 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 a saddle hunter that carries six six sticks with me. Yeah. You know, because I'm not I'm not using haters or one steps <laughs> or or I'm not do, I'm not doing any trash like that. You know, I'm I, I carry six sticks sticks. I don't worry about weight or nothing like that. So I'm not like a diehard saddle hunter, but I love saddle hunting. I, I carry mine most of the time when I'm ground hunting. Yeah. Uh, if if I if I'm if I'm still hunting. Uh, I'll carry my saddle with me, but if I'm spotting stalking, I don't carry it with me. But if I'm, if I, if I'm still hunting, uh, along roads or ditches or in the woods, I, I, I have my saddle with me in case I, I want to climb up, find something that I like seeing and, and I'll get in the tree. So, um, so here's, here's, I'm that, that surprises me, honestly, when you say that, because I feel like every video I've seen you, um, and maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe I'm just not thinking of clearly, or maybe I haven't seen everything. But I feel like I've seen your success with being on the ground is much higher than I feel like I've seen you kill deer in videos on the in an elevated position. It, do you do you feel like you're just? Am I just missing something, or is that? No, no. Uh, I've I've killed more deer on the ground than I have out of the tree. Yeah. And it, it's been that way since I got out. I mean, that, since I got out of the Marine Corps, I mean, I started ground hunting with a guy, and uh, and man, I just love it. it 
you know, you can just go and um, you can screw one thing up after another and you just, you keep on going. I mean, there's always more deer, there's always more terrain, but I've killed some deer out of tree stands and, and I killed a, I killed a nice buck. Um, I think it was in December that I killed one out of a saddle, but I have, I, I, I've killed more deer on the ground because that's what I focused on. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. You know, I was, I was, that's, yeah. that's, that's really what I, cause I, I just want to know, like, why do you think that is? Like, why do you think you're more successful? Is it simply because you, you spend more time on the ground or is it because there actually is like something to be said for it being a more effective way to hunt? Well, for me personally, I think it's more effective. Yeah. Uh, because I, I, I put time in it. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, I think it's like anything else, but I put a lot of time in glass and I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a diehard, diehard glass guy. You know, mm-hmm. I, I carry two, two or three sets of binoculars. I carry a spot and scope. I mean, I got a camping chair. I go down there and I just lay back in glass. I mean, I'll glass five, six hours. So uh, what, what, are, what are you glassing, Josh? Like what, what's the area you're glassing like the habitat uh, so a lot of us to reclaim coal mine lands mm-hmm. um so and i've never hunted out west you know i've hunted i've hunted indiana in the woods and, and some ag and uh so i've never hunted out west but i've watched i've seen a lot of videos uh like kansas uh like they got the draws and it, it's kind of like scrub brushy mm-hmm. uh <laughs> So everything on top of the mountains is like that where the mines have been. Okay. Um, so you can glass a long way, and and then when the leaves are off, where we hunt in southern West Virginia, the the mountains aren't. I mean, they're big mountains, but they're so steep that you, when the leaves are off, if you get in the right area across, you can glass the woods. You can yeah. you can scan all the woods. You can scan all the woods. Wow. Um, so it just, just depends on where you set yourself up being the most, you know, advantageous spot to glass. Cause you know, you might want to go to some, like you got probably got a place you want to go hunt. I got places I just want to go look from. Mm-hmm. And I've got these different spots, you know, over the years that I've figured out that I can see, you know, I might be able to see 200 acres here or I might be able to see a, you know, a thousand yards here for 300 acres mm-hmm. and sit there and glass. So I, I've got all these, I got all these glassing spots that I go to to start the hunt from. Hey guys, as most of you know, censorship for hunters and anglers is completely out of control. So we've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat the mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women just like you. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're actually encouraged on Go Wild. They give you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting other friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, like gift cards, free stuff like knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. And if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit GoWild.com to get started. Six Day Grind Coffee Co. is made for people like you. 
the ones out there grinding to reach your goals every single day. Whether it's 3 a.m. wake-up calls to get into the woods or just getting through your workday, a good cup of high-quality coffee to start your day is imperative. When you buy from Six Day Grind, you not only get a great bag of premium roasted coffee, you also have the opportunity to support conservation through their Coffee for Your Cause program, where 10% of your purchase goes to the conservation organization of your choice. Check out sixdaygrindcoffeeco.com today. That's the word six, followed by daygrindcoffeeco.com. Josh, it's a, it's it's interesting hearing you talk about that because of the way I'm, I look at everything. I've said this on podcasts before. I look at everything through a southern filter, right? I'm trying to, I'm trying to draw these parallels from the way that you hunt in West Virginia and how it could be uh, beneficial for somebody down here. And when I when I've watched y'all's videos in the past and hearing you talk. I see scenarios where out here where you could do that on like big clear cuts. Um, you could, you could really find these spots where you could see, you may not be able to see what quite what you guys can see out there, but you can still see a pretty good um, stretch of land that is uh, cover. It's habitat, a good habitat for cover, but you can still see a deer move through it if you, if you need to. So that's kind of it's kind of the way I'm drawing it out. Now you've been down here, um, turkey hunting, and you've kind of seen the terrain that we deal with down here. You've probably seen a lot of these clear cuts. Does that am I drawing a correct um, maybe parallel to to the way that you hunt? Um, the clear cuts be hard to to compare to. Yeah, just like. Because the clear cuts down there, they're like clear cuts. They take everything. Clear cuts up here, they just lay stuff down and leave it. And it's just like, just ha- becomes habitat. You can't go through it unless you're a noodle. Yeah. Uh, but like some of the woods I hunted down there in Alabama, uh, I think it'd be a, a, a ball to steel hunt through them. Yeah. Because the draws, you could stay high on the little small fingers. And you're only 30 yards above the bottom of the draw, 40 yards. So you could hunt, like I would love to hunt those small fingers down there and work and just listen on deer running below you. Uh I think you'd have real success because you could shoot from the top to the bottom. And where I was at pretty easily uh, in some of those draw areas and and those fingers where they'd be using those, just the the terrain to, to move through. I mean, I think it'd be fun to ground to steel hunt yeah. down there. Yeah, that uh, yeah, with, I've never thought all, about that. Uh, you know, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't I would stay above them and and it'd be fun to with the leaves off. You know, I think it'd be pure hell if it's still green. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's mm-hmm. true. Couldn't see anything. Yeah, yeah. you wouldn't be able to see nothing. Um, Josh, whenever when. Whenever you hunted the woods, either up there, down here, or in in Indiana, um, and I think I know the answer to the question. How do you, how do you avoid the crunch? Um, Well, I I don't necessarily avoid the crunch. I don't think noise is a bad thing. Okay. Uh, uh, But like, I mean, I got certain ways I walk. Um, You know, with my feet that I found. Um, 
I'm not the guy that takes his boots off and wears socks. You know, I like my feet staying dry and warm. You don't got any, you don't got some moccasins that you wear for just for deer hunting. <laughs> I, I, I I would try a pair because I know they're quieter. Yeah. I just don't I just don't know how they'd work out in the rock and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, I move uh, with a slow but delivered is what i say you know i i'm i move with the um intentionality with a purpose yeah yeah i move i move with a purpose uh but i move slow yeah and then and then I, everything just kind of um dictates where i'm at i mean noise ain't a bad thing when you ground up mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, swift, Just, know, swift, um, swift, swift movements with noise is what kills your ground hunt. Yeah, I know. I've I've heard you on other podcasts talk about like the way you step, and I thought yeah. it was very interesting because I never heard anybody break down what that looked like. You know, um, especially growing up when if you went with a dad, you know, your your dad, your uncle, whatever. You just you just you know marching down through there. You know, I mean, so, oh yeah, like you know good. Could you break down what what that looks like for you? Like how you act? I know it sounds weird. How you actually step in the woods? Oh, and, well, I always run from my heel to the outside of my foot to my to, and I roll through. But see, when I'm the weird thing is, is like I act like my feet are hands. So when I'm stepping, I'm trying to feel mm. every everything that's under me. So I won't like if I feel the shape of a stick or a twig under outside my foot, I won't, I won't roll my foot on down. I will, that will be the, the last part of my foot that stops. And then I'll take my step on that edge and then I'll take my other step and I'll feel when I put my foot down. I, I it's like, I, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I try to make my feet hands so I can feel where I'm stepping. Yeah. So I don't have to look. Yeah. Feel the, Cause, feel, cause I don't, kinda, I don't like I don't like looking down, seeing where my, where I'm stepping. Yeah, yeah, kind of uh, regulating your the pressure of your foot. What what it's yeah, and it takes. I you know I've told people it takes uh um something like leg stamina because it it takes a lot to stop and hold yourself and take another step if you're not wanting to have that big crunch or if you see something. Position there for a few minutes. You, you cut out just for that last that last couple sentences. What was it that you said? Oh, I, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just saying that uh, you just have to be aware of where you're where you're stepping, but not looking so you can see ahead of you. Because if you're taking a step, then all of a sudden. Uh, animal moves and you pick him up and you might have to stop, you know, mid movement mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and you, you might be uncomfortable for a few minutes till you have a chance to get squared up. So you, you talk about yeah. that noise is noise is not a bad thing. Um, is, is there like a certain cadence or anything that you're trying to mimic when you step um, to maybe make it sound like noise May- that's natural? not i mean not me i mean i just don't 
I don't think animal. It's just, but and the turkeys really showed me more of this than deer. You know, people always say, "Sit down, shut up, don't move." <laughs> you know, that's all I, I heard of turkey hunting. You know, when I first started turkey hunting, just shut up, don't move, don't make a noise, don't blink your eyes. You know, <laughs> and uh, yep. and it's it, now I, I've learned it that if the turkey can't see and he's and he's just over the hill ten yards. He, he he don't care if there's any noise up there. I mean, they hear noises all the time. Yeah. Uh, so it's the same thing that I started doing with, you know, just deer hunting the last three or four years. I haven't been, I haven't been so focused on my noise because I don't think if they, if they don't put movement and noise together, then noise is good. I don't think movement's ever good. That's why it's kind of slow and deliberate with a purpose. Uh, so if you can, if, if, if you can move undercover, you better go ahead and move. Uh, there's really, you're, you're just taking advantage of, of the terrain. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you're running, so if you're running down there and it's just like, <laughs> and the deer, they might hear you, but they don't know. They don't know what you are. They might be alert. At some point, then you got you kind of got to get a little bit more stealthy. Yeah, Josh. Whenever whenever you're walking down like one of the ridges, or do you do you do you have a preset path like tree to tree, and um, and and have you ever got caught in in the middle of you know um, easing down through there, and then all of a sudden a buck pops over the ridge, and you're like right there. So when I'm hunting high. Mm-hmm. on the ground if, if i'm hunting high in the you know ridge lines points um i i really i'm hunting those listening to the offside and you got to realize that when i'm hunting a ridge or, or a point here in west virginia i might hunt a ridge line it's only 20 yards wide mm-hmm. it's, it's not this big flat area then it falls off i mean these mountains come up steep and they're real skinny at the top. So if I hunt the points or ridges, you know, I'm hunting from just spot to spot and kind of just listening. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can you can hear down both sides of deer running, walking. And then if I get into drains where I can see an area, I'll just lean up against the tree and kind of glass as far as I can down that drain or down that holler. Mm-hmm. But most of, the time, most of the times I'll find uh, like an old skid road where they've skidded logs out or uh, or a cold prospect road and there'll be you know there'll be two or three of them on the face of a mountain um depending on where you're at but you can just kind of find one of them and you and i hunt i hunt through them roads and i'll, I'll hunt from from point to point mm-hmm. around around that face of that mountain I'll, I'll glass all the way into that holler up and down to the center of the holler as far as i can see and listen for a few minutes, and then I'll still hunt to the last point that I could glass, and then I'll check another area, and then I'll get to that other point and glass over there, and it's kind of just repetitive. Uh, and then, you know, if you see a deer up above you or below you, you know you're going to change, change elevation, so it changes the hunt. But that's kind of how I go through the woods. Um and it's hard to hunt in the woods. It doesn't matter where you're at. I don't. I don't care if you're down south, out west, or here. Uh, it's hard to ground hunt in the timber. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm hearing right, it's kind of sounding like you prefer coming. Kind of you, you. Do you always prefer coming from above? Is that kind of your the main thing? That you're yeah, man. I, I I like I like staying on top of them. Is that does that have yeah. more to do with your like sight advantage and and ability to stalk, or is it? Because you're typically hunting the deer whenever the thermals are already rising up, and you're trying to keep your thermals above them. No, it's 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 mainly line of sight for me. Okay. Um, it's hard to hard to close the distance. There's a lot of variables to when you start going after deer if you don't if you can't keep them line of sight. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you just it's it gets. It's tough anyways, and then it just gets exponentially tough. Mm-hmm. So so thinking about that, though, even kind of sticking on the subject of thermals and, and wind, what are the challenges that you face with uh, trying to get in bow range on the ground as far as wind is concerned, especially like in hilly country? It sounds like a, a tough thing to do. Well, I mean, it, you can see in a couple of our videos – hunting up on that top and that mining like we do that i mean the wind here it's just like anywhere other mountains but like it just seems like it changes every minute most of the time it's just swirl like it it, like it's circling around you uh i mean you can literally see it in uh uh, i videoed eight points back in 18 that i that i shot and as I was moving towards that deer, the all the the brush and and the grass, you could actually see it swirling. Mm-hmm. And there was no fixed wind or anything. And and you know that that deer saw me, didn't know what I was, but it that deer saw me. And it the wind, I guess the swirl help i don't know but but that deer he just wanted to know what i was so he you know i, I shot that deer at 14 steps uh and i think the wind helped me there swirling but now a lot of times it fouls me up and i don't i ain't watching the thermals i mean i'll i, I constantly throw milkweed yeah uh as i'm going and I just let it tell me what 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 move I've got to make or where yeah. I need to be in order to make to make a move. Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, that's what I that's what I was kind of looking for is like what are the things that you're doing and it's moving slowly and deliberately. And I would imagine a lot of that deliberate movement has to do with you you go slow, make a stop, throw your milkweed up, see where it's going, and then decide to kind of make your next slow but deliberate move after that. Yeah, when I say slow and deliberate, I mean, when I say slow is when that there's kind of aware and you can make movements. You just have to be slow enough that he can't pick up a big swift movement. Yeah. And when I say deliberate, I mean, if the deer's head down, you might be able to take you three giant steps. Mm-hmm. Or or you might be able to take two giant steps and jump, jump in this water ditch and take this water ditch 50 yards that goes at an angle to the left and it takes you 25 yards away from him to the left but it takes you 
30 yards closer to him. Yeah. And then you figure it out from there. So when I say deliverance, you're looking ahead of all these features that just help you get to that animal. Because mm-hmm. you don't let nothing get in your way, you know. Um, you know, a lot of people will see a buck and go, man, I don't, I'm not going to go after him. I, I don't want, I don't want to run him out of the country. I, he's going to go to the next county if I bump him. Well, who gives a damn? Uh, if you bump in, guaranteed, if you sit there and think about it after being mad and bumping him, if you sit there and think about it and you look and see what direction that deer was going, if you really thought about it, you'd probably get back on that deer in a couple hours. Mm-hmm. That, that deer ain't going nowhere. He, he just he just being elusive from that initial chase. Mm-hmm. It ain't like he's going he gonna, to uh, run a, a mile away from you. They're just running from you at that initial contact. That's just my opinion. It's, it's a it's something that I've always looked at this style of hunting as the biggest advantage to it is like if I'm if I'm sitting in my in my tree in my saddle up in a tree and I miss the opportunity at a big buck he runs off he smells me spooks sees me whatever or any deer period um, a lot of times it's like well that's pretty much done not every time I'm not saying that that I'm giving up after that happens because I'm certainly not usually, but a lot of times that if a deer blows that spots, you know, probably going to be done for the day. Whereas with what you're talking about and the style of hunting and just ground hunting in general, it kind of gives you the opportunity for those things to happen. You're cre- you're, you're putting yourself in more opportunity already by moving around. And then you're also having like, if you bust a deer at seven o'clock in the morning that doesn't really mean that your hunt's over in that spot. You you very easily just move to another spot. Um, that's always just seemed like the biggest advantage to me. Does that sound pretty accurate? Uh, I think it's a hundred percent accurate. I mean, I I tell people all the time that um, I, I'm not doing anything that that anybody else couldn't do. There's a there's a probably a couple of differences between me and the and the normal person. Uh, is that my attitude on hunting is, is I'm going to be out there as many days as possible. Yeah. Cause as many days, many days as I'm out there and, and hunting gives me more opportunity increases my odds. That's the only difference between me and the guy that, you know, don't want to wake up and go out that morning that he's got a day off, um, is that I'm going to go, you know, rain or shine. And I'm going to sit there and glass and, um, because I believe in creating opportunity and I think you get rewarded for that. Do you want to know more about saddle hunting? Well, you can go to tetherednation.com for all your saddle hunting needs. Tethered is for saddle hunters, by saddle hunters, and they're redefining ultralight hunting. If you know me, you know that I love to have a system for all of my hunting equipment where everything works together. And we preach about it a lot on this podcast. When you buy from Tethered, you can rest easy knowing that all your gear is designed to work together as a system. Saddles, platforms, ropes, climbing sticks, and a ton of other great gear just for saddle hunting can be found by visiting tetherednation.com today. That's tetherednation.com. Check them out. Let me ask you this, Josh. Uh, 
to me, we have a lot of opportunity here to hunt with a gun. Here in Alabama, um, you get a lot of opportunity to hunt with a rifle. When I really sit down and think about how I want to hunt with a rifle, to me, I always feel like the most effective way would be to do exactly what you're talking about. Like, just period. One of the, the most effective ways to increase your odds with a rifle is to still hunt. And the more I think about it, the more I'm like, man, I really need to consider this. The part of the reason why I don't personally is because it's hard to sell film and do this, that style of hunting. It's all, it's virtually impossible to do it by yourself. So I get into a tree where I have a camera arm and I can do that and arguably do a crappy job anyways. So, um, but I, I, I'm thinking about rifle hunting and for your rifle hunters, which most Southern hunter, a lot of Southern hunters have a lot of opportunity to hunt with a rifle. Do you think there is a better way to hunt? Do you think there's any reason to hunt deer from a elevated fixed position with a rifle? No. It's just, it's that simple. No, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say no, no, let me, I'll retract that answer. For for me no because I'm not going you know there there's there's people that go out and hunt and I've never been one to talk about anybody style hunting I don't give a damn what anybody does yeah as long as they're out there they're teaching teaching a new hunter or a kid I'm for them and it's legal you know if you want to sit in a tree stand and and waylay and waylay you want to sit over a bait pile with bears that's fine if you want to hound hunt hound hunt I don't care. Uh, as long as as long as you're just doing it and then, and you're doing the right thing, but you know, gun hunting with my son here, you know, we don't gun hunt a whole lot. Uh, but now I, I tree stand hunted with with him first couple of years deer season, and then last year um, we just brushed this little place in the ground, waited about an hour, let it let everything get settled after daylight, and then we started ground ground hunting so he started ground hunting last year with me and he killed a real nice buck that morning and we wouldn't have killed we wouldn't wouldn't even that that deer was so far from where we were initially started we'd have never seen that deer but he ended up uh killing the deer on the ground that, that morning because we were ground hunting that just not really ground hunting the uh uh steel hunting mm-hmm. yeah you know it just seems super yeah. effective man like Matt, you know, Drew, you know this too, because we're all here in Alabama. Like, if you can find, especially these larger pieces of public land, um, or if you have access on private, you know, leases or hunting clubs or whatever, like, man, that just seems, the, the, the thing that I always struggle with with it is I feel like I have, I also increase the chance of ruining somebody else's hunt. Do you ever find that to be a, a, a downside to what you're doing, Josh? Uh, we, we talk about it cause we, we have a, a private lease here I've got and, uh, a lot of the guys don't like ground hunting You know, it is what it is, but the, the, the silver lining to it is, is, is you might think I'm screwing your hunt up, but hell, I think I'm helping you cause I'm on the ground keeping deer on their feet, you know? Yeah. They might run past you, but. You know, I, I don't think I'm screwing anything up. Hell, I would love to have a bunch of guys ground hunting with rifles if I was a stump hunter. Yeah, a stump I, hunter. I, I like that. I, you know, so that's the new name. You know, that's the name for them, the stump hunters. Hunter. I like that. 
you know, if 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 I was stunt hunting, I'd love to have y'all around me moving, yeah, with guns and keeping them all keeping them all roustered up. Mm-hmm. Uh, heck, I'd sit there and just, uh, you know, let y'all do all the work. I don't <laughs> think it's ruined. I don't. Yeah, I don't think. I don't. I don't think that hunters realize, especially gun hunting, how much steel hunting would help help the stunt hunters. Yeah. And tree stand hunters, I mean, you know, because you're going to keep them moving. It, you know, you just, I think it's advantageous. I don't think it's, uh, now there's a lot of people that's against it, though. Yeah, tell me, tell me about, tell us about some of that, like, like some of the maybe conflict that you've seen happen from that style. Well, so, I mean, it, the people just don't think that, you know, it's just supposed to be deer hunting on the ground. Yeah. That's just not here. I've, yeah. I've talked people out of the state that don't think you should <laughs> that's what's wild you know that's... i think it's just one way what's that yeah. matt you think that would be, yeah they... they just they just they just think it's one way it's a um, it's a one-way sport you know yeah. tree tree stand or blind or nothing yeah. you know not not being moving around you know <clears throat> like you said you know, I, I mean, I was guilty of it at one point. I used to think if people would just kind of wander through the woods, they were messing things up. But now that I've gotten older and kind of understand it better, it's no. Now they, Matt, Matt, they are some people out there just wandering around. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, 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 you're right about that. There's plenty of those. Elmer Fudd walking through the woods. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a there's a big difference yeah. on those two right there. Wondering and you slipping through like a ninja. Yeah, there's there's a there's there's a huge difference between you know the guy walking, you know, just I mean just getting it as fast as he can back to the truck, and then somebody sliding through there. You know, it's, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely a difference there. Yeah. How much ground are you thinking you actually cover? Like an average hunt, Josh. Like when you go out to do one of these type of hunts. What kind of mileage are you putting on? Uh, well, it 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 could all change. I mean, most of the time I'll drive up on top of the mountain and have a short walk to where I decide to glass. Excuse me, where I decide to glass from that morning or that evening, uh, and then. It'll all depend on if I go after the heck here. Some days I don't take what four or 500 steps and that's from the truck down the glass and from the glass back to the truck, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, but there's been days where I'll be glassing. I'm at the top of a mountain and I'll, I'll see a buck down at the bottom and I'll take off after him and I'll get down there. And I'll lose line of sight, and I'll say, "Damn it!" And I'll run all the way back up the mountain. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll get back on my binos and spot and scope and find him again. Run all the way down the mountain again. I've done that two or three times where I've gone up and down because I've lost line of sight of him. When I got down there, I've lost my train features. And I've and I'm talking about having to go all the way back up. I'm talking about you know, forty five minute hike hour. Uh, straight up a damn mountain to find him again and then go right back down after him. Yeah. Now I've done that a couple of times. 
But most of the time, uh, I'm glassing the biggest area that I can glass. Mm -hmm. If I'm committed, if I'm committed to like, uh, I don't know what, uh, we just, I was just talking about this with uh, Jared Larson with Onyx about all the different terms that hunters use across the country. If it's, they call it a basin or a valley or a ravine or a holler or yeah. a, a drain or a ridge or, you know. Uh, I've called it a drainage, but I've been called out by Southern people. Uh, a fellow by the name of Joey Bell called me out and said, um, you're from the South, it's called a holler. So that's what people know them by out here. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I'll call them hollers, but now I'll sit there, if I'm looking on the map, and I say, do you see this drainage area right here? And it'll include, like, I'll, glass, I'll be able to glass this whole drainage area. Yeah. You know, yeah. like this big bowl. It might be, it might be, you know, two, three, four hundred acres. Uh, but then there's some places that I, I could probably glass as much as. There's probably a couple of places that I could probably glass five, six hundred acres at a time. Wow. Um, and, and when I'm glassing, when I'm glassing those spots, you know, even if I see a buck, sometimes I don't go. I mean, you got to realize if you if you see deer, and you think that's the only damn deer right there, you better believe that there's probably two more sets of eyes on you, and mm -hmm. you better find them before you before you decide to move next time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because because one because one of them deer is going the deer that you see ain't going to be the one that busts you. And I can assure you, unless he's just a you know uh, a solo mature buck, I mean. That there's other deer sitting there watching you, so you you best be looking. Yeah, that, that's my number one. That's my number one rule after like wind and and the normal stuff is like if you see one deer, Josh, there's three looking at you. So find find the other find the other two or three mm -hmm. before you before you decide to do anything because that's the ones that always get you. It's the ones you don't see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Josh. This may be a little more detailed question on as far as your glassing. Um, I've noticed down here certain days deer pop out a little bit easier, you know, in the cover where whether it's a cloudy day or a sunny day or if the sun's shining on them or if it's not, you know, kind of tell us if, if that plays a factor with you and, you know, and using, <clears throat> you know, shadows or the sun to Good question, try to man. pinpoint where these deer are. Oh, no, it definitely affects what you can see and what stands out on a deer but you know certain days certain features on deer are going to stand out and mm -hmm. the other day, other days they ain't i mean you can always it, on those on those dreary days i mean the horns don't stand out as much to me as they do in sunshiny days with the tips of their ears but you might be able to see their shining nose stuck back in a automobile bush mm -hmm. or or you might be able to, you know, I always look for that white patch on her throat. You always, always look for it. Um, and then you always have that shape in your, in your head. that's kind of embroidered in there. Right. Um, yeah. A lot, a lot of people like if I'm, if I'm riding down a national forest road and a deer crosses, um, and we stop to look for it, a lot of times you don't see the deer because it's not moving. So uh, it, for me, it's easier to see a deer that's moving rather than one that's just sitting still. So you're 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 really having to look close to find these deer 
if they're not moving, if they're bedded down, like you've said, to make a move on them? Yeah, so I, I, I'll, I'll start with my binos. Uh, and I, I'll glass everything I can with my binos, short and long. Uh, just because you know you you move so much faster, and I just I move with a bunch of W's. Mm-hmm. I zigzag up and down, and then I come on down, do it again, and then I go on down, do it again, and then I'll probably I'll probably make two or three passes with my binos, uh, looking for movement because you're going to see a deer. They're going to be if, if you're hunting where deer are, you're going to see a deer. Uh, uh, there's I don't know if there's been any days that I've been out and glassed a deer up. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you glass, if you glass long enough and hard enough, you're glassing deer up. But then, if I once I do that and I don't see nothing, then I get behind the spot and scope, and then I'm I'm looking for details hmm. and, and trying to find one. And and you know, I don't know how much time y'all got behind the spot and scope. And, and I love glassing, but like it's just hard time, man. <laughs> you yeah, know? it is. It, it 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 you're just taking your time and just you're focusing in and out and scanning and it's uh it ain't it i i i have a blast to do it but it ain't easy man it's it's grueling to sit there and just glass and it, it wears me out yeah i can yeah. imagine yeah but, josh whenever but, go ahead go ahead no no you're good dude what's up no uh, whenever you spotted the deer you were you were then bow range um on the ground, you don't necessarily have, at least in my opinion, you don't have as clear of shots normally as you do from an elevated, you know, uh, stand. So, um, do you, um, what, what amount of brush will you not shoot through? Does that make sense? (laughs) I didn't hear you. You came in broken up. (laughs) what <laughs> what you saw my eyes got big i, I can't he, oh, we lost josh yeah <laughs> yeah no, no. yeah i mean um i'll sh- I, i'll if i feel like i can hit the deer i shoot mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm gonna uh um yeah, I, that's just how I, I feel. Yeah. I mean, I I've got backlash for it. I got a lot of backlash for shooting that deer in the in the front, uh, in the neck. I shot another deer quartering to me the next year. Got backlash for it, but you know, in the end, both those deer died within sixty yards. And I think it's it, it's all on what the hunter's comfortable with, uh, and what he can, you know, what he can live with. I mean, of course. I've shot them too and lost them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it, it is what it is. But I mean, I'm not I'm not shooting through no multi floor or nothing. But but if I see that there's a a hole, uh, um, and, and I don't think that I, I think that's my opportunity, then then yeah, I'm gonna take it. Yeah, and that um, that that question comes from because like Infault Dan 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 Infault says kill kill the mature buck as soon as you can you know and so like with ground hunting you don't necessarily get that whole broadside or cordon away like you gotta uh you 
you you get what you get, you know. So do you do you practice those shots too out out in the yard? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'll shoot quarter and two, and and it's no different. I mean, I'll even shoot broad. It means Brody, my son's out there shooting. Uh, I'll tell him. I'll say, hey, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna practice prep that frontal neck shot, I'm going to shoot him right beside the face. And mm. I just shoot my deer right, I'm going to shoot my target right beside the face um, for just that skinny it. shot, just to practice, <laughs> you know. I would love to see you do a slow motion video on your Instagram, shooting that target right in the daggum face, see how much backlash you get for that. I always sit back there doing that. <laughs> Dude, we, we, we sit out there and and say, hey, can you can you pin ear him? You know, can you pin hold him right in the ear? We'll shoot him in the ears and everything. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, it just gives you a spot to look at. You yeah, know, yeah. Of trying trying to shoot for that kill zone that they put on these targets, or a circle they got on a block target, or or any target. You know, just pick a pick a point and try to hit that spot, and that's where you're going to get. I'm no three D target shooter, target shooter at all. But I just I practice to hunt. Yeah, you know. I think that's important, man. Like, kind of what yeah, you're talking is. about. While I'm shooting my bow, I'm picturing a deer standing broadside, and if I hit within a certain, you know, diameter area, I'm like, oh, cool, you know, kill shot. When in all reality, that that precision, that really, really precise shooting, can can come in clutch. And going back to Drew's original question too about like thickets and hunting in areas where there are lots of branches i mean even from elevated position most guys that you find that are hunting mature deer effectively are hunting in the thickest cover that they can find and if you're not if you're not hitting branches every once in a while you probably aren't seeing a lot of bucks you know what i mean like i just feel like that is for people that's that's how most people miss bigger deer is hitting branches because that's where they live. That's where the bigger deer live at. Yeah, I agree. So uh, I'm, I, I like hearing that drew, uh, would pass out if, uh, you told him that, yeah, I'm just using 845 grain arrows and that's it. Then it would all be done. Drew would be light the candles back up. He'd be fanboying. Hard no. Again. <laughs> no, man, I, uh, I, I was getting ready to go into a big, well, you need a, a 150, 150 FOC and uh, a, a, 600, a 600 grain arrow with a 150 grain cut on impact or whatever the, whatever the hell they call them. And, and young man, I, I carry, I carry three or four different broadheads and, uh, you know, I, I think I shoot a regular arrow and, I don't give a dag on what you shoot. Uh, you shoot pit tail points and kill deer if you put it in the right spot. Yeah, it, yeah. It's that simple. Yeah, uh, man, I'm a I'm a I'm a mechanical guy. That's interesting. Always... <laughs> Matt over here. That's he... what I'm talking. About. Calm down, Reeves. Calm down. Drew just Drew just lost all respect for you, Josh. He's done. I'm That's not true, Josh. This, relation, this relationship this relationship is over. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> That is not true, Josh. <laughs> Do not let Parker say such lies. Hey, it, it's okay, man. Everybody, everybody just hunt with what they, what they like, you know. And it's, right. I don't, 
I don't care what anybody has for you. Josh, you, you, Josh, there, is there, there is there a mechanical that you're using specifically, like that you feel confident with that quarter two shot? Is there like a specific type of broadhead that you're comfortable taking that with? Uh, it's it's pretty much uh, Drew. Whatever uh, arrow I pull out my quiver. <laughs> <laughs> So no. So the correct name. answer is no. There is <laughs> there is no specific thing. specific kind. Oh, that's funny, man. <laughs> no, I mean if if I load one up, it's got a hypodermic on it. Okay. My goodness, you're talking good right now. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. I mean, I mean that's it. That's if it's uh, <clears throat> if if I look and load one up, it's a hypodermic. That is uh. That is hilarious to me, how but, how completely know. different I imagine this conversation going, and now Matt's <laughs> over here fanboying, and Drew's like, Josh, oh man, ever, I'm, I'm tickled. <laughs> if we ever hunt together, Josh, we will be the exact opposite of arrow setups, the exact opposite. <laughs> Drew, Drew wow. will just get you a stick and tell you to whittle it down and use it. <laughs> Drew, you got, I, sh- I, sh- I shoot a mechanical, I'm shooting a... Uh, and I, you know, it's not a light arrow. I shoot about a 560 grain arrow. That's yeah. Uh, and yeah. and I'm shooting it. It's going down range to about 295. Now, Josh, are you yeah, shooting my, an 80 pound I, bow? Did I hear somewhere that you shoot an 80 seven, pound? Seven, seven, 75. Yeah. 75. I okay. Shoot, I shoot 75, 75 pound lens. Yeah. Man, that, I mean, and you got a, well, and Josh, a, the, a longer draw the, length too. Like that, that arrow is whipping. I shoot 31. That's yeah, like yeah, 31. twice Drew's draw weight, right? <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Drew's Almost. got twice the arrow and half the draw weight. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> Josh, if we ever hunt together in, in the Southern Four and I shoot one off the mountain, you could probably run after mine and get to it before it got to the deer. But that's okay. Once it gets there, baby, it it it's got that thump feeling to it, huh? It's got that thump feeling. Well, the 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 reason that I asked about the the shot placement is because every ground guy that I've either watched or talked to or whatever, they said the most lethal shot they've ever taken is the frontal shot, and it's. For for whatever reason, you know, um, they like shooting that because of I mean, if you if you hit and get and and get through, you're hitting nothing but vitals all the way through, you know. Um, and yeah, so I'm going that, to that I'm, I'm disagree with them dudes. That I'd rather have, I, I I mean, I'll take a frontal shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, obviously, you know, I'll, I'll take a look away shot. Um, if I can get it up through its guts and into the vitals, I mean, yeah. I'll take that shot. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I mean, hell, if I had my choice, I'd like to have one broadside at 15, 18 yards mm-hmm. look, looking away from me. I do, <laughs> yeah. I do think that the frontal shot from the ground is a little more deadly than a frontal shot from the from an elevated position. Oh, um, absolutely. And that's probably absolutely. why it's more effective for those guys, Drew. And that's honestly, Josh, it's probably why even with using a mechanical head, that frontal shot can still be effective um, from the ground because you've got 
a lot more soft right here that you can get up into from mm -hmm. that flatter position. Whereas if you're shooting it at that elevated position, all you're really shooting is the base of the neck down and it has opportunity to miss vitals. Right. Um, and so like I, I've seen people take that shot uh, with a mechanical on some of these videos. And I mean, you're just talking about like piles and piles and piles of blood just, just emptying out because they shot them from that frontal shot. Uh, I shot a deer. I actually, I, I've, I've shot a deer with a mechanical on a frontal shot and it died in like 20 yards and left a huge blood trail. So I, oh, yeah. I absolutely think it's, think it's, uh, it's effective no matter what, what you're using from specifically from the ground. Uh, I, people don't know who, yeah. nobody knows who, who to be triggered right now. Like people listening to this, somebody's like triggered about the heavy arrow. Somebody's triggered about the, the, the dang mechanical. Somebody's triggered about the frontal shot. Everybody's just like, Somebody's I don't even know like, if I should be mad right now. Subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, unsubscribe. <laughs> well, I, 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 I hope that I ain't having no ill, ill effect on people. Oh, no, no it, it's the, it's the thing that I actually really love about this episode is, and, and I really love about, um, yes. about our, our group of guys. Like we're not all here. All four of us on this call right now are not like on a specific bandwagon that, you know, we're all kind of seeing the, the benefits and the, the good things, talking about the good things about all of these different options. And we can still have a, have a cordial conversation. I think that's, that's actually pretty cool. It's a, it's a great example of, uh, you know, hunting industry kind of sucks in this kind of stuff and uh on these disagreements but i think it's interesting to hear from other people uh who may have different experiences with different things I, i'll tell you man uh i told matt earlier this year whenever he was like man i think i'm just gonna go with the old mechanicals again and i was like that is fine that is a-okay with me but let me tell you whenever you whenever your mechanical fails i'm gonna give you so much crap for it um, but Matt, Matt, I'm ready consistently it. killing deer. You know what I mean, Josh? You're consistently killing deer. Drew, you're consistent. You know, you're consistently killing deer and throwing that big axe at them at two feet per second. But it is what it is. Um, and and I, I think I it's just, great. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's so much nitpicky, and you're doing this and should be doing this in the hunting industry nowadays and everybody has their own own opinion, but everybody ought to just mind their own business and do their own thing. <laughs> yep. Just just be happy that people's out there hunting. Yeah. Uh, yeah I agree. And 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 that and us being able to talk about it, you know, I've heard people you look on some of these damn forums and I mean they're wanting to travel across state lines and beat somebody up because they don't agree with them <laughs> on the what 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 size error they should be shooting. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's 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 crazy. Same book it, on that trail camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cry. It, it's it's nuts. Like you know, it, it ain't worth it. You know, hunting's supposed to be fun, and that's that's exactly why I do it. Cause, I mean, I meet up with it. I'm I meet up with seeing my son's face and when he sees a big buck now. And, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. That's why I get so freaking stoked. Uh, <laughs> I love watching you, Josh. This is why I like I watching you too, because you have found a way to giggle and get excited like a little schoolgirl, but still sometimes somehow maintain masculinity. Like, like when I watch you, I'm like, that guy is so happy. 
He's so he's giggling like a little girl, and somehow he's still scary. <laughs> like he's he still looks scary to me. And like I would every time I freak out or like have a schoolgirl moment after I kill a deer, I'm like, God, you look like such a little homo. Like stop, stop doing that. <laughs> most of, it's it, it's like most of the time, you know. And I get asked about getting excited, but like most of the time, I've got so many days. Very few times have I gone out and just like been successful uh-huh. during the season. And you, you know, when you're videoing, especially, you don't get to tell the whole story to everybody of the uh, of all the time that you spent, all the you know that you spent out there. So you're just telling you get, they're just seeing these short 12, 15, 18 minute segments of you being out there. So you don't get to tell the whole story. So when, when I finally find success, man, and I can find success without killing, cause I get stoked if I get close enough to a deer and it just doesn't happen. You know, I'm like, man, that was, that was awesome. You know, it's a good, that's a good day. Uh, but like when I kill one man, it, it's like, I just get relieved and it's just like, hell yeah you know it's it's it, it's like you know I, I really i feel that success in me man and i do I, and, and it, it's the same way with, with i really get excited with brody I, I talk about him but like he's a focus to me and hunting right now because he's so fun to watch i mean uh teaching him and, and watching him screw up and learn uh uh it's like going back and learning hunting all over on stuff that, that I take for granted being a experienced bow hunter and then watching him make the mistakes. And I think, man, I should have told him about that, but hell, he learned it, you know, best way to learn to screw it up. Yeah. So, so it kind of gets you back in tune with stuff, you know, cause I was a diehard hound hunter for a bunch of years here and uh, I still am a hound hunter, and I love it. But where Brody's and Brody likes hound hunting too, but where he really took a liking to archery hunting, I've kind of took a step back from hound hunting and just focusing on hunting with him. Cause, and then it just gave me a, a newfound, you know, love for bow hunting. I mean, I always loved it, but I mean, I, I got into hound hunting pretty hard. And, and when you say and hound hunting, you're um, talking specifically hounds for bears, right? Not deer or bear. yeah, yeah. No, just, uh, uh, yeah, I forgot they do it down south. Uh, yeah, just hound hunting for bears and mountain lions. Yeah. God, that yeah. looks like so much That's fun. It. That looks like yeah, it's a It's a hoot. It, it, sounds, it sounds like fun. It, I, I really enjoy watching you guys do it. I, I Honestly, I've never done it. Uh, never killed a bear, never done anything like that. I don't think I've ever hunted any big game animal behind dogs and uh but i watch you yeah. guys do it and it just looks like an absolute ball going out there and i mean y'all but you, you learn wild. You, you, you learn a lot yeah you know you learn you learn a lot about that train you're gonna be deer hunting in yeah you know you you follow behind some hounds through the mountains and and you're gonna learn about those mountains mm-hmm. uh that's one of the best best things about it that yeah. you know you you kind of learn from hound hunting and put it put it towards deer hunting that's awesome is, is that terrain yeah i, I feel like yeah, i've heard Josh that from coon did. hunters coon hunters have said oh the yeah same thing. It's, yeah yeah man josh didn't yeah. didn't want to want to one of your buddies kill like an absolute giant because he was he was uh uh y'all 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 bear hunting and yeah y'all 
y'all ran around the point and he would have never thought that that deer would have been, but, but he got up. And, Zach. Yeah. Zach. Zach. Yeah. yeah. That was a giant. Yeah. It was Booner. And, and he would have never hit two of his dogs wouldn't come down off a mountain. So he went up there to get his hounds and he was getting ready to choke them out, you know, because he had to go all the way up that mountain. But he told us, I knew something was up that day because, you know, he got up there and we was like, hey, Zach, you make it up to your dogs. We see you're up there with him. Yeah, yeah. He said, uh, he said, you boys go ahead and hunt. And he said, I'm just looking around here. <laughs> and, he, and, and, and he had jumped that buck. Them dogs wasn't 50 yards from that buck. And that buck didn't move until Zach jumped that buck going up there to get his dogs. And he kind of just jumped that buck off of noise. And that buck just kind of kind of pounced out there. Well, Zach killed that deer. I think he killed that deer eight, eight nine days later. Hmm. Um, after seeing him. That's interesting. He got, he got, he got zoned in on him and, uh, yeah, we got a big snow. I remember we went to Bob Evans that morning. We got a big snow, and uh, it was just a big, nasty, wet snow. He said, I'm going on the mountain. He said, I'm going to kill that deer this evening. And I said, okay, buddy. I said, you're going to get, you're going to get all nasty and wet. You're going to get sick. You're going to be up to hunt the next couple of weeks. <laughs> and uh, by golly, he killed that deer that evening. <laughs> and, it, and it was a monster. That's yeah. crazy. Well, gentlemen, and, you know, most, most of those bear hunters, I mean, they kill most of those guys I hunt with. I mean, I think that whole group of bear hunters, I think they killed maybe 11, 12, 13 booners there in the Southern Four. Dang. Uh, that's crazy. You say Southern Four, that's the Southern Four counties that are bow only? Is that? Yeah. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. That's the only place I hunt unless I'm hunting here at the house. I got a small farm. Uh, outside of the southern four but yeah the southern when i i should have said that one uh, i expect people to know that crap but uh <laughs> yeah it's the southern southern the southern four counties in west virginia that are bow hunting only and, and have been since 1979 and so wow. uh, you hear people talk about west virginia all the time like my whole life i've never really considered west virginia to be a a big buck state don't yeah don't even worry about it yeah y'all <laughs> y'all uh y'all have uh, highlighted it there's no deer it. up there there's just a bunch of bears yeah, yeah. hey listen don't this is come the, here and don't <laughs> this is your doing this is your doing mr Gilderton. Hey, hey hey trust me in 18 we're hunting public land and we killed a few big bucks and 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 traced Trace Boone missed a booner on public land. That deer got poached that December. And uh, nobody ever walked into that public land hardly that we was hunting. So in 2019, I went up there like the first day to glass, and I got up on one of my little places I glass from, set up my camping chair. And I was sitting there glass, and I hear this, hey, hey, Josh, well, <laughs> this guy... He he come up the backside of that knob and he just come up to introduce himself and meet me. And I ended up spotting more hunters that day than I did than I did deer. 
And uh, so I tried to go hunting again, spotted more hunters. And then uh, last year, I was going up there to hunt where, where I always hunt. And there was like three trucks from Georgia, two trucks from PA, one from North Carolina. I mean, and it's great. Trust me. I mean, I, I'm, I, Southern West Virginia needs that revenue of hunters coming in and, and spending money on hotels, camping spots, food, fast food, whatever they're buying, gas stations. They need it. So it doesn't bother me uh, because, you know, Southern West Virginia, you know, it, it's kind of a, a depressed area. And uh, so the, I don't care that people come in here. And I think they should. West Virginia's got a lot, a lot, a lot to offer. It's a great state. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's all. That's, that's really what I was getting at is like, it's a, it's a, there, there are options, you know, closer to the Southeast that, um, cause like, you know, I don't, I don't know, Josh, I think you've been to Missouri during the rut before, uh, with the tethered guys a couple yeah, years yeah. back, man, yeah. like, those States like that are just, they get pounded and pounded and pounded. And I think the thing that I like about West Virginia is it still has that kind of Southern feel to it. Um, you know, a lot of the topography can be very similar. Um, but, but you also get like, like this archery only type thing that you're talking about. Like you, you really have the opportunity to y'all have the opportunity to grow some pretty big deer in West Virginia. Um, it seems like, and man, I love watching you guys go after it. Y'all have definitely opened my eyes to new styles and new ways of hunting. Um, and seeing you guys get it done in that rugged country on just really solid bucks is always really fun to watch. Uh, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love doing it. Y'all ever make it up to West Virginia? Y'all got my number? Absolutely. Absolutely, I do. I plan I'm, on it. I'm, I plan on giving I'm, you a I'm shot. After the show. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I do. <laughs> Drew, Drew's, can I get your number? You like Mike and I? Yeah. Let, me, let me get them digits. Let me get them digits. <laughs> I'm going to get, hey, hey, Josh, I'm going to get uh, Drew a um, in-person hunt with Josh Elderton for his birthday. Like, I'm just going to write it with crayon and a piece of paper, and it's going to have your phone number on it. And I'm going to say, here you go, Drew. Happy birthday. Hey, uh, <laughs> reach out. Reach out, Drew. Reach out. Oh, um, yeah. Well, Josh, dude, I am uh, I'm pumped. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Yeah. I know it's late, but um, you have got me in the right uh, line of thinking, frame of light, right frame of mind. I'm going out this week to likely a new place, to a new area this weekend, and um, like the ground game is going to be the thing. I think the ground game is going to be it for me, and I think you've, you've talked me into it. So. Well, no, no matter what, just don't give up on it. Just yeah. keep on. Yeah. Keep on find, finding that next one. Keep on getting that another opportunity. Because when it, you're going to get paid off for, for, for putting in the work. I'm telling you, that's, that's what I really look at it. Yeah. And it just, it, and heck, oh, Pastor Drew would tell you that. You're going to get... <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you get, you get, you get paid off for, for putting in the work. 
yeah. and 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 create an opportunity for you. And I really believe that. That's yeah. and that's what I do. That's that's why I stay so persistent, you know, and and go every day and get up and and get after it because it might be the crappiest day in the world, but man, it it's got to be a good day. If you ain't working and you're in the woods and yes, you know, sir. got a chance, Reeves, chance to kill. Reeves, I I I, I just want to let you know. Josh was just talking to me and Parker right there. You're just on your own this year, man. Like you, just, you know, you just, you keep on swinging hey, from the pine trees, brother. I'm just out hey, here. Hey, Matt, Matt, you you have come up. We'll have us a, a mechanical competition. Hey, I'm I'm dumb down. So we'll see that, what happens. Come on, that's it. right. I'm co- listen. I'm confident as I'll get out with my single bevels. Let me tell you. Uh, you hey, <laughs> I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I'm with you. I ain't going jumping uh, on that. <laughs> I, I, like I said before, I think every man ought to get time with what they're comfortable with. That's right. That is right. Well, you Josh, know? tell us, tell us where we can hear uh, more from you. Watch some of these videos if anybody hasn't uh, hasn't subscribed. Yeah. Yeah, go check us out on YouTube. It's the Untamed. Um, got a got a pretty good library for the last four years. We started in eighteen. Go check us out on Facebook. It's the Untamed, and at the Untamed on Instagram. And I, I'd appreciate it, everybody. Subscribe. I appreciate y'all for having me on. Uh, I really enjoyed it, and I'll, I always love talking. Uh, deer and, and any type of hunting. Heck, I I talk about. It anything really i just like, like bs and the group of guys so i appreciate y'all having me on thank you same here brother hey guys thanks for listening to this week's episode of the southern ground hunting podcast and as always a big shout out to all of our partners that's go wild tethered spartan forge and six day grind coffee company you can keep up with southern ground hunting by following us on facebook or instagram or subscribing to the youtube channel and you can be sure to check us out at southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch, read some blog articles, and all that good stuff. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we'll see you here again next week. Remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We will talk to you next week.